live from Las Vegas. It's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of today's show, I'm going to do a deep dive into college football with my special guest, Todd Wishnev, a guy we haven't had on since the summer. I'm looking forward to finding out from Todd how his season is going, what teams he's looking at as bet on and bet against squads moving forward, and what's the story with Action 2 on Showtime. So Todd will be joining us a little bit later in the show. But here in the open, I want to talk about this time of the year. More specifically, staying sane at this time of the year. This is the time of a season. And look, in the life of a capper, we're not going to complain. All right. This is the life that we have chosen, to quote from uh, Godfather 2. It is the life we've chosen. But sometimes at this time of the year, it gets a little bit rough. Uh, all right. You have NBA starting. And of course, anytime the league's first starting, you got to watch it. You need to watch and read as much as you possibly can to get an idea of what's actually going on. So, Early season NBA, early season NHL, both of which labor intensive. Obviously, we're mid-season college football, mid-season NFL. Both of those labor intensive sport. We have baseball, the playoffs going on, the biggest games of the year right now, uh, which, again, from a handicapping standpoint, takes time, takes focus. And that's not even talking about all the other stuff. Stuff that's going on. I mean, I don't do golf, but the golf guys are still betting. The tennis guys are still betting. The UFC guys are still betting. The boxing guys are still betting. Um, the soccer guys are certainly in action. The Canadian football handicappers are certainly in action. This stretch, once hockey and basketball start in the middle of football season, before baseball ends. This is the biggest, uh, the busiest stretch of the year. All right. And it's not really that close. You know, I used to think March Madness rivaled late October and November in terms of how crazy it gets just because there's games going from you know morning, noon, and night during that conference tournament week and during the big dance. And it's not even close. <laughs> this is the time of year where you finish handicapping one sport, you go, you relax for a minute, and then you're ready to sit down with the next sport. So how do you handle that? How do you stay sane in the busiest time of the year? And it's not just about sports betting. This is also a time of year. Look, you got kids in school. There's parent-teacher conferences. There's this event. There's that event. You have to deal with it. You know, Las Vegas. I live in Vegas. I've lived in Vegas for 20-something years. There was a good stretch of about a year <laughs> uh, where nobody came out and saw me. <laughs> you know, and the travel to Vegas wasn't what it was. Now, all of a sudden, all the people that haven't been to Vegas that I used to see once a year and I haven't seen them in three years... They're all showing up here in October. <laughs> you know, oh, Teddy, come out to dinner. Oh, Teddy, come say hi. Oh, Teddy, come say, you know. And what are you going to do? You have to live a little bit. You haven't seen your friends in years. You got to go out and see them. My wife's birthday this past week. All right? <laughs> you know, what are you going to do with that? You got What are you going to do is real simple. You got to get her gifts. You got to make some plans. You got to go out. Open night NBA. What was I doing? I was hanging out with my wife for her birthday. Life happens. All right? It's not just all about picking winners. But... When you're a professional better, a professional handicapper, you, you can't present that to your clients. You can't just say, uh, oh, by the way, it's my wife's birthday tonight. Uh, I'm not going to handicap. You can't do that. So what do you do? You just shut up about it. <laughs> and 
you take whatever free time you might have had, and that becomes handicapping time. So this is a time of year where, you know, like the <laughs> like the old Vietnam expression, you're in the bleep, uh, you know, you're in the muck right now. Whatever sport you're working on, there's something behind it and something behind that and something to do after that. It's an incredibly busy time of the year. And, of course, the better you love that. You know, the theory is the more sports that are going on at once, the more games that the bookmakers have to line, the more chances that the bookmakers are going to make a mistake. And look, mistake is not the appropriate word. I'm not going to call the point spread for, let's say, the Thursday night college football game between Louisiana Lafayette and Arkansas State. We can't call that a mistake of a point spread. The point spread was where it was supposed to be based on the two teams' powerings. What there wasn't in that game was any nuance. Nuance meaning Lafayette's repeated failures to cover as double-digit favorites. I mean, the Raging Cajuns have been a disaster as double-digit chalk in the Billy Napier era, including this year. Nor did the betting markets pay any attention to the nuance of an Arkansas State team. What do we like from bigger underdogs? We like bigger underdogs that can score. You know, the defensive-minded dogs wear down in the second half. The offensive-minded dogs, they're going to keep on punching until the final gun sounds. So we had an offensive-minded dog coming off a bye week, coming off a stretch in which they faced a pretty tough schedule. <laughs> uh, you know, and again, you, you look at some of the mid, you know, the non-power uh, five schools and their non-conference schedules. Some of them are brutal, and certainly Arkansas State was right there in terms of a brutal schedule. So it wasn't a mistake of a line. There was just no nuance in that line. If you were paying attention. Arkansas State plus 18, plus 18 and a half. Those options are out there. So it's not like the bookmakers are ignoring everything. It's not like they're overwhelmed. They've got specialists for each sport to put up numbers. When it comes to the nuance of these matchups, that, my friends, is where we can find value at this time of the year. Todd Wishnev coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Teddy Covers here on Cover It with Teddy Covers. Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Remember, if you miss any part of today's show, if you want to go back and hear the beginning, if you want to go back and hear archived versions of older shows, we've got every show since the Super Bowl archived. You can go back and check them all out. Um, just go to any of your major podcast outlets. Look for Cover It with Teddy Covers. You can download this. You can download tomorrow's NFL podcast. And, again, you can go back as far as you like since the show began right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network last January. Now I want to bring in Todd Wishner. We're going to break down college football, talk theory, talk practice, and talk life. Mr. Wishnev, how are you today, my friend? Pretty good. How are you? 
Oh, I got no complaints. I got a ton of complaints. At this time of year, nobody sleeps. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm going to ask you in a minute about the magic of late October and November with everything going on at once. But I want to start, of course, Todd, wish that uh, you were better here in Las Vegas. You've moved back east, and now you're a better back east. You were featured on the show Action on the Showtime. What's up with Action 2? We going to get another uh, uh, another shot of this show? I always heard that they were looking for a, uh, another season. Is that in the mix, or is this one of these deals you're not allowed to talk about, or is this one of these deals that's not going to happen? You know, honestly, I know as much as you do. I, I at first heard something maybe would happen a long time ago, and then after that I didn't hear anything, and I haven't heard any. I haven't talked to the producers in, in months and months and months, so I, I doubt anything is on the work in the works. So nothing imminent for uh, action. Talk about your experience, uh, you know, shooting for Showtime. You know, it's not... Uh, I mean, that, that was a pretty well-reviewed and well-viewed series. Um, is there a place that people can uh, can still see those episodes if they want to? And uh, talk about your experience on the show a little bit. I think it's still on the Showtime app. Uh, people have told me it's still up there. If you go to uh, Showtime anytime, I think they have, if you have Showtime, you can watch it. Um, the experience was, yeah, it was a fun experience. I met a lot of people um, through it. Uh, in Vegas. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like I was really even trying to be on the show. Quite honestly, I was just going to the South point every day. I lived about a mile away from the South point I used to go and watch all the games over there. And they happened to be doing a lot of the filming over there. And when they met me, they uh, asked me if I would be one of the stars because I, I'm somewhat colorful and, uh, <laughs> you know, the rest of the history. Uh, sure. Is. And, uh, you know, anytime this is what I've learned uh, about dealing with the television world is that it's hurry up and stop, hurry up and stop. Um, you know, they're always like, yeah, yeah, get this in. We're going we're gonna to start shooting next week. Oh, yeah, that project's been canceled. Maybe we'll work on it, work on it again next year. Uh, there was a whole a lot of that. Now, in terms of, you know, you're certainly a guy with a colorful personality uh, and, and a guy that has a, a fair bit of experience as a bettor. When you were shooting that show, do you think it accurately reflected and depicted what your life was like here in Las Vegas? Uh, not, not totally, just in the sense that they needed someone to be the, quote, amateur. And I'm certainly not an amateur in sports betting. Uh, you know, everybody proclaims themselves a professional. I don't know where you get the certificate for professional sports gambler because nobody shows you their real numbers anyways. But I certainly am probably closer <laughs> to a professional than, uh, than I am an amateur. But they, you know, they, they, they needed somebody to sort of play that role in the show and I didn't know how they were going to cut it. So they just cut it the way they wanted to cut it. But, uh, you know, it was, what was funny was when they did the Super Bowl uh, segment, you know, I, I was the only one who won on the bets on the Super Bowl segment, but I mean, not that, that means anything with one bet, but, uh, you know, it was just, it, it was fine. I mean, I, I knew that they were going to, you know, twist it however they wanted to twist it. And, you know, I didn't really care because I, I'm not the pers- the kind of person who's really concerned with what a lot of people think. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You know, I Although mean, you were, you, you were doing radio in town before you got on that uh, action show, weren't you? Uh, I, I thought I heard you no, call no, a couple times. No, no, that was all after. That was all was after. So. What happened was, I, yeah, I met I met Gil um, from uh, VEASAN and he had me on, you know, that whole summer in 2019. Then Dave Koken had me on a couple of times, a bunch of other people. So um, that's kind of how that whole thing went. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. And I want to ask you, 
I don't know, how's it going for you betting-wise this college football season? You're someone that takes college football and college basketball very seriously, and that's why I enjoy having you on the show to talk a little college sports. So uh, I guess it's a two-part question. One, how's the season going for you betting-wise? And two, I want you to talk a little bit about the differences between being back east versus betting uh, out here in the great state of Nevada, uh, what you found in terms of comparing and contrasting the differences between, um, you know, Pennsylvania and Jersey betting and Las Vegas betting? Um, well, I'm thankful that the football season's here because I had a horrendous baseball season. Um, that's not something that you'll hear anyone say on Twitter because everyone's 152 and one, uh, is their <laughs> official record. But, uh, uh, no, I had a really bad baseball season, and I was just very glad that football came, you know, finally started because I've been doing very well. Now let's hope that continues. Of course, anything can change, but uh, you know, I am pretty good at the in-game college football and the in-game pro football is a little harder, but I've been able to, you know, squeak by with that as well. So, um, you know, I'm very glad this football season's here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about the difference between betting back east versus betting here in Las Vegas. Oh, it's just so much better. I can't even, you know, it's million times better. In in Las Vegas, you have very limited options. Uh, you know, I'm mostly an in-game better, and certainly on in-game, um, you have a number of casinos that have in-game in Vegas, but they don't have, for example, team totals is something that I love to bet. Um, in most Vegas casinos, they don't even have team totals pre-game, let alone in-game. Here in, in Pennsylvania, you have 18 billion different casinos, uh, I mean, um, betting apps, and they all have in-game team totals. They have in-game third quarter. They have in-game this, in-game that. Uh, they have in-game NFL props. I mean, this is just unheard of in, in the state of in Nevada. At least it was when I was there, and I'm pretty sure it's still the same way. But, I mean, last night I was messing around with Dearness Johnson running back um, yards, rushing yards, because – you know, I like the fact that Cleveland, you know, can blow holes in any team's defensive line, and I don't care that Chubb and Hunt aren't playing. Dearness Johnson was doing just just fine, and you could bet the over in the uh, in the rushing yards in during the game. You can't do that in Las Vegas, am I correct, Teddy? Still, Not much. Still can't yeah, do that, it's, right? it's 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 very limited in that regard. In terms of betting props in game, it's I believe it's non-existent. I don't know anywhere uh, that uh, that offers those. And of course, uh, now that you bring up the Thursday night NFL game. You know, there's one point that I always harp on. <laughs> and if ever it showed, it was in that particular contest. You have Kareem Hunter. You have Nick Chubbert. You have a running back who nobody's ever heard of as the starter for the Browns. And what does he do? He puts up the same numbers that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt would have put up had they been in the game. Running backs don't matter from a betting standpoint. Agree or disagree? Now, in college, that's different. Because in college, you find the one breakaway back and a team can't replace him when he gets hurt. But in the NFL, no, the NFL they're absolutely interchangeable. Yeah. Agree or disagree? It's, it's, I couldn't agree with you more. I say it all the time. Whenever uh, you know I do Gil's Megapod, I, I always say, like, people start screaming, oh, Hunt, and this. I'm like, either there's holes and the running backs are going to be able to run, or there's not holes and the running backs will not be. Look at Najee Harris for Pittsburgh. There's no holes. That guy is amazing running back. If he was behind the Cleveland Browns line, he'd have 200-yard games. There are no holes to run. He doesn't look good. Dearness Johnson, there's giant holes to run. He looks good. It's, it's yeah. very – I mean, I think Shantz was the first guy um, with Denver to, to like, be the uh, almost the, uh, the, the, the leader in that messaging that 
running backs don't matter, but they certainly don't matter. And if they matter at all, they matter the least among any position in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, remember the Ravens lost all their running backs in preseason? Oh, that didn't matter. Oh, Dalvin Cook's hurt. Uh, Madison's in. Madison's in for Minnesota. Oh, that doesn't matter. I can go on and on down the line. We'll talk more about how running backs don't matter and talk college football with Todd Wishnev coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There's nothing like being informed with all the odds, analysis, and best bets all day long. How do you get that? It's real simple. Follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. You can follow me on Twitter, at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow Todd Wishnev on Twitter, at T Wishnev, as in T Wishnev, a very Merry Christmas, um, which is my dad joke uh, of the day. Uh, Todd, I was talking in the intro of today's show about what this time of year is like. And the answer is basically for any, you know, for any sports better, this is the busiest time of the year. It's insanity. NBA, NHL, college hoops, college football, NFL, Canadian football, soccer, tennis, golf, UFC, boxing. How do you find the time at this time of year? How do you stay sane this time of year? Give us some tips for our listeners about handling the busiest stretch of the entire calendar year. I mean, I personally just limit it to the stuff that I'm, that I, that I like and that I'm good at. And for instance, you know, college football right now is what I'm probably the best at of of something that's going on right now in pro football. So I just kind of stick to that. I don't really mess too much with uh, in game. I mean, in season NBA or uh, in season NHL, it's not exactly what I'm looking to do too much of because I just, I'm not very good at those sports and, why waste time on something that I'm not good at? So I'll be focusing mostly on football right now. And then when college basketball, the reason I, I don't really mess with the NBA and NHL is because college basketball comes around, and I believe this year it starts November 9th. So I'll be heavily, heavily involved in college basketball from November 9th all the way through the uh, March tournaments. And that is, that's enough to keep anyone busy with 8 million teams. And there's so many board teams now, and there's so many in-games. And, I mean, you've got in-game now here in Pennsylvania. You can bet in-game Mount St. Mary's against uh, Robert Morris uh, with team totals. I mean, it's fantastic. So there's plenty of stuff for me to do just in college basketball that I don't need to get myself too sideways trying to win at something I don't know anything about, really. And and the bets you're talking about, you know, we're talking about betting in-game, you know, obscure college basketball teams. Those are not lines that are being posted with any nuance whatsoever. That's an algo that's just spitting out a number. And for the few handful of people that are betting that number, there are opportunities there. Um, With algos making so many of these numbers, I mean, I'm assuming you're finding that to be a real good opportunity for you. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, 
really my favorite thing to do is really just compare the 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 how the game is being played for instance in college basketball but but i mean you can do this also in college football um how the game was originally lined versus how it's being played and very often uh, you know you can find one out of ten one out of you know one out of eight games that's just not being played that way you know an example would be in college basketball you know, you can might you can have a game that's line one twenty five, which is a very low total, and the game is supposed to be a very slow, low possession game. But ten minutes in, they've got a million fouls and a million possessions, and no matter what the score is really at that point, it doesn't matter because what's happening is this game's going to be played at a faster pace than a one twenty five would dictate. And it's similar, same thing in in college football, though it's more you know, uh, circumstantial, you know, who's winning, who's, you know, what, how much are they ahead by? Are they going to be going for field goals? Are they going to have to go for it on fourth down? Are they the kind of team that can make it on fourth down? There's all kind of circumstantial stuff that, that is important, obviously. You know, you get one team up 21, and you might want to take the over, but you have to realize, look, this other team is not going to be going for field goals anymore. Now, are they a team that can make fourth downs for you? Or are they not? You know, and you have to be asking yourself all that those type of questions. That's just one little example that I would that I can come up with just on the fly like that. But the, the you know the, the college football, I mean the college basketball stuff. I mean, especially you got a game that has four or five team fouls in the first four minutes for each team. Those that game's going in the bonus, and it's going in the bonus quick, which means there's going to be free throws galore. There's going to be possessions galore, and you can pretty much just blindly bet the over and win on those. If you're, sure. if you're paying attention, because the algorithm is not making enough of an adjustment to the game, especially if you catch it before they're making the adjustment. And for what it's worth, if there's one statistic that correlates extremely tightly with games going over or under in basketball, that is number of free throw shots. And you have a whole bunch of free throws. Those games go over at a very high clip. When you have very few free throws, those games stay under at a very high clip. So if you can see early game foul issues that bodes well for overbetters. But our focus here is not college hoops, it's college football. You talked about how you're having a pretty good year in college foot. You're glad to see the baseball season go. Let's talk surprises and failures. Give me a couple of surprise teams for you, a positive and or negative that stands out, and we'll talk about them. I guess, uh, I guess Pitt's been kind of a, my hometown Pitt Panthers have been kind of a surprise. I didn't think the offense was going to be this good. Um, Baylor is another team that I think has been a nice uh, surprise to the upside. I uh, got a couple more. Uh, I mean, as far as negatives, the USC, obviously, but they seem to be a negative every year. Uh, UCF, to me, is playing tonight or uh, playing last night. They, they seem to be a bit of a, um, uh, a, a negative this year with, with injuries at the quarterback position. Uh, Clemson obviously can't score. That is a super surprise. I mean, I, did you see Clemson coming out and, and not be, being able to score? Obviously, they have the same defense as usual. But have you ever seen a more meek offense from a Clemson Tiger team? Not in the Dabo era. Although, again, I've been in Vegas for a while. You know, Clemson was a, a mediocre program when he got there. You know, they certainly they were nowhere near the top of the conference, let alone the top of the country. Um, so we'll give Dabo a whole lot of credit. <laughs> Uh, for building something at another, right, that Clemson program was nowhere when he took over. Since it's been a national power, they certainly have not had an offense that looked like this. I mean, this team can't score; it's pathetic. So, you know, I've been just riding those unders in those in those Clemson games because now, uh, you know, today you've got Pitt versus uh, Clemson, and it's an interesting game because what's 
is I still think Clemson's not going to score. The question is, is Clemson going to um, be able to stop Pitt? Because Pitt's been very high-powered offensively, and I think Pitt people thought they would be good, but I don't think they, they thought they'd be this good offensively. No, I mean, Kenny Pickett has uh, certainly uh, turned some heads in them, and that Panthers offensive line has been really good so far this season, although I did uh, cash a winning a big bet uh, betting against Pitt earlier in the season when Western Michigan came in and handed what? them their first loss of the season. <laughs> uh, and that's my, you know, when we talk about Pitt-Clemson for today, I can't lay it with Pitt, even though they've been bet on all the way this year and, and they've been bet, and Clemson's been bet against uh, all this year because the underdog doesn't have the better defense. They have the way better defense. And when you think about how bad Clemson's offense has been, that defense has been unbelievably good this year. Um, can you lay it with Pitt today? No, but it'll be a game that I'll definitely be watching for in-game because, you know, I'll be watching the first 20 minutes of that game, and if we get in the beginning of the second quarter and it's shown that Pitt can move the ball, I'll be all over Pitt. On the other hand, if they can't, I'll probably be on the under because I don't want to play Clemson's offense and I don't trust Clemson. So I'll probably be on the under in the game. Uh, at that point, you know, I don't really have any interest in getting backing Clemson because they can't score. But, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it is, uh, you know, I'm going in with a certain maybe lean and then I'm going to play it in game because I got all the games on my uh, my eight screen TV here with all the games. And I'll be watching and checking the stats and checking the yards per play and doing all that stuff. And if I see an opportunity, if I see Pitt averaging seven yards a play in the first, you know, it, it's early in the second quarter, they're averaging seven yards a play. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Clemson's going to have a long day, you know, and then I'll probably be on Pitt. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much how I, I don't bet a lot of pregame uh, stuff because I just, you, you, you gave a perfect example, the Western Michigan Pitt game. I actually won on the over in that game because I saw very quickly Western Michigan's moving the ball on Pitt and they certainly aren't going to be able to stop Pitt. And I believe the final had 90 points or something. I think it was over 90 in that game. I think it was 47-44, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I was thinking in my head it was 44-41. So, <laughs> so okay, it, it might have been that, right. in that range. Uh, it might have been yeah. 44-41 before the final score. I don't remember. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, when, when the loser scores 40, uh, you better cash over bets. Um, I want to highlight yeah. the other three teams you talked about real quick. Baylor, USC, UCF. You know, I'm with you on UCF defensively. They're slower than they've been uh, in recent years. I saw that really clearly in the Louisville game uh, when Louisville was able to, you know, the speed to the outside outclassed that UCF defense. defense. Uh, USC has already gone through yet another uh, coaching change. Uh, what do you? Is there any hope for those two teams down the stretch? Do you think there's a chance we're going to make money with them? Or are USC and UCF going to continue to be squads you're looking to bet against moving forward? I mean, I'd be real careful, especially with USC. I mean, you can never figure this USC team out. Even when they when they did have some stability, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't stand the coach. I mean, coaches obviously come into play a lot. Helton, I just didn't like. Uh, you know, another guy who who I'll just won't I just won't bet on. Him, you know, uh, that's uh, Brady Hoke for, uh, with um, San Diego State. There's certain guys when there's. I just won't bet on them no matter what. I just don't, I'm not interested in getting burned by them over and over and over and over. It's the same thing with Herm at Arizona State. And I think the same thing applies to USC coaching wise right now. We just don't know what's going on with that team. So how can I get behind them? I mean, maybe in an in game situation, if I think, okay, well, here's, 
you know, here's the scenario. But I got burned with USC in an in-game situation against Utah. They played early. They were playing really well. I was like, wow, they, they might have put it together. And then, of course, Utah spanked them. So I, I'm done with USC. You know, let somebody else cash on them. Uh, I certainly wouldn't talk out of that one. Although, again, from a pure talent standpoint, USC, there aren't a whole lot of teams that have more talent than the Trojans. But talent and point spread coverage do not so. necessarily correlate. We've got much more with Todd Wishtev coming up. We're going to talk totals. We're going to talk well, how we deal with getting limits cut. So much more. Stay tuned. Cover continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. To cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. We're talking college football deep dive with Todd Wishnev at T Wishnev, N E V Wishnev on Twitter. Uh, and Todd, before the break, we were talking about some of the teams that were, you know, surprises or disappointments. And as a group, the disappointments are like these aren't teams I'm really looking to bet on right now. You may well continue to be able to make money betting against USC or UCF or Clemson. I want to ask you the same question, but for totals. I mean, you're someone that does a lot with team totals. You're someone that does a lot with game totals. Someone that understands pace, uh, I think, more than the average better does. Give me a, a couple of teams yeah. that you like as over teams moving forward and a couple of teams maybe you like as under teams moving forward, if you have them. Yeah, um, I mean, I think Pitt... Uh, you know, not looking at the, the Clemson game, but, uh, you know, Pitt moving forward, they've just been very, very hard to stay under the total. I believe they're 5-1 and one to the over. And it really brings up an, an interesting uh, topic in general, and I don't know if you find this as much as I find it, Teddy, but in the NFL, I notice when you have a team that's, say, 5-1 and one against the spread versus one that's 1-5, and you've got to be really careful taking the 5-1 and one team because typically, you know, the regression to the mean in the NFL happens very, you know, quickly, very often. It's the same, same idea as if you had, you know, two teams going against each other that were both 0-4 to the under. You know, you'd have to be very, very careful betting that under again because NFL teams are, are going to regress. I noticed that in college, teams don't regress as quickly and maybe it's just because there's so many more teams and they can't, you know, there's going to have to be outliers. But there's some of these outliers stay outliers longer in college than they do in the pros. Do you recognize that same kind of trend in, in the sense that the NFL regresses quicker than college? Very much so. In the NFL, at the end of the season, you might find one or two teams over, I guess it's, I'm thinking 16-game seasons. But in a 16-game season, you're going to find... 26 teams finishing between 6 and 10 ATS and 10 and 6 ATS, you know, in that middle range. In college football, you're going to find a handful of teams at the end of the year, 10 or 12, that are, you know, 25% ATS teams. And you're going to find a handful of teams, 10 or 12 of them at the end of the year, that are, you know, 75% plus ATS teams. And if you're looking, if you make it, you know, two-thirds versus one-third, in college football at the end of the year, 
A third of the college is going to be 67% or better, or 33% or worse. And that's just not the case right. in the National Football League. The adjustments and then come that's quicker in the NFL than they do in college. And that's why I bring up Purdue, because you, you mentioned a team that's a major under team, but I believe Purdue is 0-6 to the under so far yes. this year at Purdue. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty outstanding. Uh, you know, defensively they've been outstanding. They hold Iowa to seven points on the road. Uh, they hold Minnesota to twenty. They hold Illinois to nine. I mean, this is a this is a very very under team. Now, again, you know, maybe the lines are going to come down so far that it will be dangerous. But so, like I said, sometimes these these trends run a lot longer in college. Yeah, Here's and in general, like in the NFL, you're you're kind of betting the reversion to the mean. In college football, I don't do a whole lot of that. You know, I'm betting what right. I saw is what I believe, and until the markets catch up, that's the way I'm going to look at it. And that's one of the nuances that's very different between college football and the NFL. Pitt as an over team and Purdue, which nobody saw coming, as an under team. And those are trends Todd Wisniff says they may well continue moving forward. Well, let's talk about late October nuance. You know, we're talking all this nuance right now. Uh, and, you know, uh, the, you know there, there's so many fundamental handicapping skills that we get into and we, you know, as, as we try to break down games. But nuance is always a piece of the equation. How do we change? How do you change your college football approach here in midseason compared to what it was, let's say, at the beginning of the year in September or compared to what you're going to be doing next month in November? Give me a tidbit or two about how your approach changes throughout the course of the campaign. I mean, I guess I just take the the lines a little more seriously as the season comes in. I mean, remember, I'm doing a lot of in-game stuff. So early on in the season, you're going to have games that are just so mislined, it's ridiculous because the teams, you know, it's hard for the bookmaker to know every single college team, and they're going to be way off on some of these college teams. So you have situations where – you might have a 12-point favorite should really be the underdog in a game in the first couple weeks of a, of a college football season. You're not going to see that as much as we get you know, later to the season because now the bookmakers understand the teams a lot better. And remember, it's hard for them to know with all the, the, the pluses and minuses you know, of, of new players and, and players leaving in college every year. Early on in the season, how can they know the teams that well? There's gonna, it's, it makes sense that they're going to make bigger mistakes. As you get further on in the season now, they've seen six, seven, eight games. They're going to be a little bit tighter to those numbers. And therefore, when early in a game, let's say you know I'm, I'm 12 minutes into a football game that one of the teams that's a 12-point favorite in September is getting absolutely killed, I might take that more seriously than, than in a situation you know, later in the season where we know what these teams are a little better. Does, it, does that make sense, kind of what I'm saying? It does. And I'll tell you what, one of the things, I mean, for me, September is time for information overload. You're just trying to suck up as much information on as many different teams as you can. You're trying to watch as many games as you can. In October, I tend to look for teams that have morphed. I want a team, you know, the best bets are teams that are playing at a very different level than they were in September because the betting marketplace uh, solidifies at that time of the year. And when you find a team that's playing dramatically different, better or worse than they were a month ago, those are the teams, you know, on the margins where you can make the most money. And of course for November, 
November for me is really about riding streaks down the stretch. You know, you find a team that's collapsed and you're just betting against them every week. You find a team that's on fire and you're just betting on them every week. And you can identify uh, a handful of those teams. You don't need a whole bunch of them, uh, but you need a few of them. But if you can identify a good handful of those teams uh, that have either, you know, mailed it in or are playing way better down the stretch than they were at any point going into November, you know, that's how I like to make my money in late season. Of course, for Bulls, that's a whole different handicap for Bulls that has much more to do with how interested teams are in being there uh, than, than pretty much any other factor. So that's a little bit uh, of how I approach the changes within the season when it comes to college football. I had a bookmaker on the show last week, Arthur DeCesar from uh, the Westgate Superbook here in Vegas. And I want to ask you this. Uh, you're a guy that's known a fair few bookmakers. You're known a fair few betters. Can betters believe bookmakers and what they tell us on air? Are we adversaries or are we compatriots? What's your relationship with the bookies? I mean, I don't have a problem with bookies as long as they're, you know, try to be fair and, you know, they don't try to limit you ridiculously. You know, I don't have really a, a major problem with them uh, as far as, whether you can believe what they're saying. I mean, it depends what the topic is. You know, if they're saying, oh, you know, 92% of the bets are on blah, blah. I mean, you have to look at what's, what's the incentive of what anyone's saying at any one time about anything, right? So th- it would be the same idea. It, are they trying to get you to bet the other side? What's it, I don't really pay too much, you know, I don't pay too much heed to that kind of stuff anyways. Like, I don't really care that 92% of the bets are on this team or on that team. You know, I'm, I'm going to watch the first 20 minutes and make my own decision anyway. So um, I like to know about it, but it's not going to be that big a deal as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I don't really worry too much about the whole, what the bookies are saying on TV or whatever. So let me ask you that, uh, a follow-up to that, because there's been a ton of, of interest, I would say, on Twitter and the like, uh, about sharp plays versus square plays and who the pros like and who the Joes like. Do you pay any attention to that kind of stuff? Or is that something that's just going to distract you from your task at hand, which is analyze the game that I'm watching and figure out how to make money off it? Yeah, I find that with the more I pay attention to that stuff, it just infects my head and what I'm thinking. So I try to stay away from it as much as possible. I mean, I might know a little bit about, you know, what I might, let's say everybody's on one side. I might know about that. And then if I'm seeing something different during the game, I might, I might get even more uh, happy about my in-game going against that because everybody's wrong more than they're right. So that's one thing that I might look at. But in general, I try not to get my mind too infected by what, you know, everybody else is picking or this or that. Cause I feel like, if you want to watch these games clean and clear in your head, you want as little of that mental noise as possible because it's very easy to get, you know, skewed from what you're seeing. And I really like to go by what I'm seeing. That's, you know, and, and I thought infected is a great word to use there, a great word choice, because that's what it does. Once you start thinking about stuff that isn't a fundamental handicap, it's not a situational handicap, it's not – uh, a spot play, it's not a matchup play, it's not based on quotes, it's just based on what other people think and are betting, Some many of whom aren't winning betters. Uh, so I'm with you in terms of not over, being overly concerned with the pro side or the Joe side. Uh, I've got just a couple of minutes left here uh, with Todd Wish. I'm going to ask him for a free play, I'm going to give him a chance to promote himself, but I do want to ask one more question before we get to that. 
And you kind of touched on it. Limits are getting cut for many winning betters at some books. Are you having this problem? If yes, how are you dealing with it? If no, how are your friends dealing with it? At some books, you know, you can't really bet, uh, you know, what you want to bet. And, um, you know, there's not too much you can do about that. I mean, I, I know some strategies that people will do, but I, there's nothing I'm going to divulge on the radio. Thank you. <laughs> what did you say? I said thank you. you <laughs> and that's not one we're going to yeah. give on air. Sorry, guys. You want the strategies for how to do that? Yeah, some, You're going to have to find that elsewhere. I'm not, I'm not going to divulge that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I guess one thing you can you – could, I mean, you just have to – it depends on the book. It depends on, you know, the, the size of gambler you are. There's, there's so much, you know, into it. I think a lot has to do with, you know, what your closing line value is on pregame bets. I don't think it's uh, going to be the same with more of an in-game better. So there's a lot to it in that sense. Uh, it just depends. There's, there's, there's so many variables. It's hard to just give a, a cut and dry, you know, rule as to what's really going on. Yeah, and, and frankly, Todd, the, the the right answer to that question is the more outs you have, the less you have to worry about any one individual out cutting your limits. we got just a minute left, my friend. I want you to promote yourself, and I would give our listeners a free winner for Saturday night. Um, I'm, you can follow me at Twitter at, at TWishnev. It's at T-W-I-S-H-N-E-V. Uh, if you sometimes I put up the uh, in game like last uh, college basketball, I put up about you know 500 uh, in game college basketball and won about 57 percent of them, so that was pretty solid. Uh, it doesn't cost anything, so that's, <laughs> that's always fun. Uh, but it's just a fun uh, follow. You know, sometimes I'll be goofy and silly on there, singing the team's fight songs or whatever. Uh, you might like that. As far as picks for uh, a single Saturday, pick, you got 30 seconds, my friend. A single pick. Okay, how about the over in the Nevada-Fresno game? Can you really go wrong betting a Nevada-Fresno game over? I don't I don't think you can. I mean, just look at history, right? Yeah, sure. And one thing, we do want to be aware of the weather uh, in uh, California on Saturday night. Nice conditions, not expected. Great stuff uh, from Todd Wishner. That, uh, that total, by the way, could get bet down if it does rain as much as I think that it oh, will. Oh, so then you know what? Let me on put it, Saturday. Let me do it. Out of time, my friend. Thanks so much, Mr. Wishnev. We'll talk to you again another time. Cover it. Continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. I want to thank Todd Wishnev at T Wishnev on Twitter. And of course, if you missed any part of today's show or you want to go back and check out the archives, man, we've got some good interviews over the course of the last year. Every show since the Super Bowl archived at all major podcast outlets. Of course, uh, it's easy enough to download and listen at your convenience, both this show and any past or future shows of Cover It with Teddy Covers. 
I'm going to give you guys a free play in college football, an opinion that I have for today. This is a 3.30 Eastern Time TV game, and that's Iowa State minus seven against Oklahoma State. And this point spread is where it is based on statistical profile. Iowa State's statistical profile is really good. Every week they've outgained their opponents. Six games, six times they've outgained their opponents. In multiple weeks, in four of the six, they've outgained them by 150 yards or more. In two of them, they outgained them by 250 yards or more. They have a really good-looking statistical profile. What they don't have is the wins and covers to correlate with that. Yeah, they blew out UNLV. Yeah, they blew out Kansas. They beat a K-State team last week. That's okay. But Iowa State has a statistical profile that's better than the team actually is. <laughs> All right. Brock Purdy's good. Is he your next star NFL quarterback? He's not. Does he have a little bunch of big play weapons on the outside? He does not. Good defensive team. No question. But so is Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's defense has been phenomenal this year. You saw what they did last week against Texas. Shut them down. Got beat up early and shut them down in the second half. What happened to the Boise State game? Their other previous road game. Struggled early. No points allowed in the second half of that game. This is an elite Oklahoma State defense. And oh, by the way, the quarterback got healthier and their receivers have gotten healthier. And they are better now than they were two weeks ago or a month ago. So Iowa State's got this pretty statistical profile. Okie State is live here. Plus seven is the only way I could look. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the games and good luck. Sometimes you want to go where